remember, remember my idea about coming up with like different like ways of introducing yeah, yeah. it every week <laughs> and we both just couldn't give a fuck <laughs> <laughs> it's like well you we know just do this, i've got rehash it <laughs> yeah i just get to the point I, I i listen to so watch so many reviews of things on youtube <coughs> and all this stuff it's like i might just get to the point just get, get to, to the, the point. point. Yeah, yeah, get yeah. To that's the, point. the way I feel about it too. Uh, I'm like, I, I don't care. I don't. Just, I read, I read somewhere that every what you should do with every YouTube video, you just skip yeah. the first minute every yeah. time. You just skip, just skip every even podcast. You can just skip a lot of the like the intros and shit. Uh, I, and I told oh you about my po- my podcast player. You can actually skip yeah. the, the. You can actually choose a setting to skip yeah. like uh, a minute or two minutes, uh-huh. and then skip the ending. It skipped like mm-hmm. the first like two or three minutes of the ending, so I'm already I've already got a podcast player that does that for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So why the fuck am I spending so much time on the intro when I know <laughs> that if I was listening, I would just skip it. Just tell me, just tell me about cuisine. <laughs> Fuck's sake! I I'm do fucking. Not I'm. I'm subscribed <laughs> to your fucking podcast. You don't have to repeat the same old shit every week. This is a podcast where, <laughs> yeah. and then you're like, Jesus, even that, Christ. even that, this yeah, is a yeah, podcast. Yeah, like, now, fucking yes, of course, it's a podcast. You know yeah, what? I know Let's scrap the idea of this is a podcast. <laughs> this is a podcast. <laughs> this is how to Japan. We will be talking about a number of different topics in Japan and how it impacts foreigners like ourselves. So we're going to be uh, sharing some details about our lives in Japan. With that said, how are you doing? I'm awesome. That's what about great. you? Hmm. You know, I am. I am awesome too. Yeah. How about that? We're both awesome. Oh, we're so awesome together. Yes. That's all. <laughs> That's all anyone could ask for. <laughs> Don't you want to be listening to people who are who are pretty positive, pretty happy, but not to yeah. the extent where you're you know you're too you got your head too much up your own ass and not not a yeah. delusional amount of of awesome yeah i mean i guess there is a range of you could put it on a on a likert scale on a one one to five scale of how someone is if someone is a five all the time that's a problem but you're if it's a three or four life. you're just yeah, meandering yeah. through life at that yeah. stage you know you just yeah. you go with the Wherever the wind takes you. And yeah, wind. That's not how you live your life. You're gonna have like some. You should have some nines and also some ones. You yeah, you've got to experience life to to its fullest. Yeah, I, I think um, I, I I live life as best as I can. What does that even mean? I don't know. <laughs> I live it to the best. I think, well, I, think yeah. that I, I get what you mean. <laughs> well, here's a here's a really shitty segue. Uh-huh. Living life to its fullest yeah. comes yeah. down to diet. And oh nutrition. my god! Mm. And hey, I got a I little. Think, yeah. You know, I, I mentioned this last time, but I don't think you can. I'm, I'm so tired of actually bringing it up. You know, like I'm, I pre being all preachy, but the mm-hmm. the moment I started looking at what I was eating. And mm-hmm. well, you know, well, actually, no, it started before then about how I was drinking mm-hmm. too much and then looking in the mirror and just and being greeted by this fat fuck. And then, I thought you were going to say, then, I looked in the, <laughs> I'm sorry, I thought you were going to say, I looked in the mirror and I thought, what a miraculous looking man I am. 
just no. over and what? over again. <laughs> <laughs> no. I thought no, I had I it was the opposite. Yes. It's like who the hell is this guy? Hmm. And it was just a moment, just a little a few changes here and there. And it's so cliched, but what you eat it really does yeah. impact how you see the world, how you how you operate, how you live your day to day life. Yeah. Don't you agree? Yeah, I th- I think so, definitely. Uh, if you, I mean, it even it, it totally affects where you go to buy food and what time of day you buy it and all kinds of crap and the people you see. I mean, if you if you go shopping in the middle of the night, you're going to be surrounded by a bunch of sad people, and that'll make some, you feel sad. Here's something um, that may be controversial to say, but I think yeah. it even trumps exercise. I think exercise yeah. is number two. Exercise is important. You still need exercise, mm-hmm. obviously. We uh-huh. we all need exercise. Weight training right. and, and some cardio. That's all the evidence is irrefutable about that. Yeah. But my contention is mm-hmm. you could be lifting weights and doing cardio all day, but if you end it with eating fucking donuts and all sorts of other shit, you've got to be a CrossFit competitor or somewhere in the professional field of 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 weight weightlifting or powerlifting to get away with that. I think mm. the normal run of the mill people who who yeah. have their jobs to to worry about, you need to work on building a, a solid foundation where you're eating what best matches your biology, losing the weight, keeping the weight down, and then getting into exercise because otherwise you don't have the energy to even do exercise. Mm. I've tried doing exercise while maintaining my shitty diet, mm-hmm. and I did not benefit from mm. that experience. I just had more aching joints, mm. less less inclined to do exercise because you're fighting an uphill battle. You know, it's kind of funny. Uh, you are what you eat and you are what you exercise. That's my that's my little coined phrase there. I just made up. Yeah. Yeah, good. You are what you you are what you exercise because yeah, I totally get it when if I go for a run and I just ate something that's a little bit too sweet or if I didn't get enough of some nutrients, I can totally feel it. I'm like, "Oh, I'm running like a cookie." Or I'm running like a glass of milk. Or something I never drink milk. It's just an example. Uh <laughs> sit around drink. <laughs> Sitting around, I'm gonna drink a glass of milk and then go for a run. <laughs> I don't think I right, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think it, yeah, it's uh, it's true. I agree. Now, I, I I think on on the topic of milk, that's in the realm of dairy. So that's my sad segue into what you wanted to talk about again regarding uh, rules and dairy in Japan, the law laws regarding dairy. Well. With dairy, I've, I think we we already discussed how I have butter mm-hmm. in my coffee every day, and uh, that's how I maintain a pretty strict keto diet by getting yeah. good quality fats. Not just any butter; it's New Zealand butter. But mm-hmm. butter, I think you you brought this up last time about how expensive butter is, mm-hmm. and I've paid. On the order of something like two thousand eight hundred yen 
mm-hmm. for 250 grams of butter. So that's 26 American dollars mm-hmm. for 250 grams of butter. Mm. And I paid that. Mm-hmm. And that butter, and I made that butter last. I only had like maybe a couple of tablespoons. But uh, it's ridiculous. Mm. And this is coming from someone who is a New Zealander. Where right. Butter is so prevalent in society. Good quality butter as well. We export many dairy products to Europe. We're known mm. for the quality of our dairy products. Mm. And to be faced with this barrier to to uh, satiating mm. this diet that I've grown up with, but which also coincidentally falls in line with what I can eat on keto. Mm. Uh, I didn't want the fact that Japan would... Uh, prevent me from living kind of healthy life in line with my biology mm. so so it made me yeah so it made me question like why why is it so expensive and there are many different reports i'll never get to the bottom of it but i mean mm. what do you do you have any kind of ideas I think as it's to why just, i think there's just tariffs that protect industry smaller farming industries mm. and that's yeah that's the basic gist of it that I understand uh, because farmers are have to compete against countries where they have so much more land. And so mm. there's no way that they could produce the output of other countries. So they protect the farmers with, with that type of uh, tariff system, which increases the price of things. And also the, the concept of, for example, uh, grass-fed butter just doesn't really exist. I mean, it, people, some people may know of it, but there's no, there's virtually no demand for grass-fed butter. I've never heard any Japanese people I've ever talked to say, oh man, I got to get grass-fed butter or I, I got to get some animal meat that's, you know, beef. Well, beef is not, it's eaten, but it's not, you know, part of a weekly diet of steak. Steak people aren't really going buying steak at the, the supermarket every week and eating. And then when they do, uh, the, it, it's just a matter of, oh, it's from Australia or if it's Wagyu, like Japanese style beef or um, it's from America and this looks good. It, there's not much thought of the grass fed side of, of side of the world. And when you do see it, it's so ridiculously expensive that that it pretty much prices out any consumer demand for it so Mm. it's tariffs and a lack of interest in these types of things in the in the japanese Mm. diet that's how i would what's promising is tpp the trans pacific Mm -hmm. partnership Mm -hmm. or trans pacific partnership agreement yeah so these are with these countries like australia uh you know canada japan malaysia new zealand uh this partnership Mm. is a positive step i think in the right direction yeah opening up the market to good quality dairy uh, manufacturers in new zealand Mm. so that's why i'm benefiting right now is because of lower tariffs that have been placed on butter Oh, okay. Because yeah. of this partnership, so so that's basically all I wanted to say. I'm not going to get into all the legalese, the 
contractual stuff about why it's a bit cheaper from many years ago when I was paying all mm. that much money for butter. Yeah, uh, it's a lot. I think it's a lot easier now. But yeah, the fact the fact remains is that there are certain foods which are not as readily available as what as a foreigner yeah. coming into Japan you might be surprised yeah. to find out that they don't have the what you you know the food that you're used to mm. so so that's all i wanted to say about that mm. i think uh from from a student's perspective maybe a younger japanese student's perspective the the concept of a balanced meal involves you know, proper amount of vegetables, a proper amount of meat, whether it be pork or chicken or some sort of fish, and uh, maybe some dairy. But there isn't this sense that there isn't, there, it's just a balanced diet rather than a keto diet or uh, some sort of high-end vegetarian or vegan diet. Um, but also at the same time, and I'm trying to make a clunky segue here, at the same time, traditional foods aren't eaten as much as the older generations ate traditional foods. For example, we can go into the topic of fermented foods. Fermented foods mm. uh, are quite big in Japan, or traditionally, uh, most notably fermenting soybeans into two different products, one being something called natto, which maybe some people have heard. This is fermented beans, and it becomes very, very gooey and uh, viscous-looking. And um, for most foreigners, it's not something that they would put on their plate because it doesn't really match any flavorful aspect that would appease their palates. But... Uh, maybe some foreigners might like it, but it has a smell and a taste that doesn't quite, you know, get into your belly and make you feel all nice inside. Uh, so mm. the, the natto, but natto is something that's actually very good for you. It has a lot of, uh, vitamins, especially K2, vitamin K2, which apparently helps, uh, vitamin D get to your bones and produce more calcium mm. and things like that. It's a good distributor. Do of you that. eat keto? I mean, sorry. Do you do you eat um, a lot of nat natto? Uh, I don't eat natto. My wife eats it, and so natto is an another aspect of natto is that it's incredibly cheap. An average mm. an average package of natto usually comes in a a pack of three. And that's that's enough for three days worth of breakfasts. And it comes in these small, usually styrofoam containers uh, with a little bit of mustard, a little packet of mustard. And usually people will cut up some what are called negi, which are green onions, and then uh, plop that on top and mix it all together. And it becomes very, very stringy when you pick it up with the uh, with chopsticks and that that costs is uh, I don't know if I just said it or not. So a package of three is a hundred yen, which is basically a dollar. So wow. it it's one of the most economically high nutritious foods you could possibly buy. 
Mm, Unfortunately, mm. it's just doesn't. I try to eat it many times. Natto can come in many different forms. Whenever I tell Japanese people I don't like natto, usually I remember there was a series of months where different Japanese people kept telling me, well, what you do is you, you fry an egg and then you mix it with the egg. It's like what you do is, if you don't like spaghetti, what you do is, <laughs> you know, it's like, I got a great recipe. Why don't you make spaghetti instead of putting tomato sauce on it? Why don't you, I don't know, just get some motor oil. I mean, you can make mm. motor oil taste good, right? It, it's yeah. e- each one, each it, one, yeah. each recipe is it's the problem with each recipe is that it contains natto. <laughs> That's the main problem yeah. with the, with the recipe. Yeah. As much as I would like to enjoy it, I just can't. I've tried it in fried bread. I went to an izakaya once. You talked about izakayas last week. And um, there was a piece of fried bread, and inside it was natto. And I was just like, okay. I was Sounds like, like a horrible time. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not exactly something you want to eat. But again, it's so nutritious for you. And if you can get over the smell and the taste... It will keep you, it'll keep you nutritiously enriched for long periods of time, you know. And usually people mix it in with some rice uh, and there's, you know, different ways you can eat it. But still, but anyway, it isn't a quiet taste. Yeah, definitely. I think there's a, in uh, linguistics, there's something called the critical hypothesis, which means critical critical period hypothesis which means there's a certain period in a a child's life where they need to learn a language and if they don't learn the language by that age then they probably won't be able to learn any language but no linguists have ever tested this hypothesis because it would be you know child abuse but um i i think of this food as being a critical period food you have mm. to probably try this. Once food. you fall out of that, yeah, that line, age yeah. range, then you you're just not. Yeah, gonna if be you able fall out of that age range, you're fucked. Yeah, so a- unless you're really on some weird spectrum of food acceptance, uh, so if if you're not really into, if you've tried natto and you don't like it, then you can always hop on over to the miso. The miso field, mm. which is another yeah, type. Yeah, that's of, why I love the miso. The miso yeah. soup, I, I think it's great. It's 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 delicious. Yeah, I don't know what it is. You, you so you're saying that's ex, that's, it's this, a, it can't be the same as natto though. It, it's it? not. It's a type of fermentation, but it, I guess it's a different process. I didn't look into the process, but mm. it's a type of fermented. It's fermentation. Which um, I think a main difference is that there's must be more, more salt involved, mm-hmm. and uh, there's other ingredients going into it that affect the flavors differently, so that it's easier on the palate for most Westerners. Not so, but the, and as a result, it's more uh, it's easier on the palate for Westerners. Uh, and yeah, and the thing about miso is that you can, there's so many different varieties of miso. And there's actually a, a miso shop in the neighborhood of Kamedo in Tokyo, which has barrels of miso. And you can go in there and just 
dig into these barrels and put them in your recyclable uh, containers and walk out with them. And they, wow. you can really get a big choice. There's usually a pretty good selection of miso paste in supermarkets, but there's certain specialty shops which will go hog wild while you go hog wild on with there's like light colored miso and darker and that affects the flavor to be a more of a rich savory taste versus maybe a little bit lighter flavor and any even in addition to that as you know there's the the way it's prepared in in the soup itself so kanto is famous for having a much darker flavorful miso than kyoto which is considered to be a more refined cuisine so there it's much lighter on the palate and this i've heard this theorized as basically because the kanto region the tokyo region was traditionally farming communities and in kyoto you had the imperial family so they were not outside as much and there were a lot of uh, people working in that field of administration where they weren't in the fields as much so their pal would would be less inclined towards uh, high salt counts, high calories, and things like that. So you have a much mm. lighter cuisine in the Kyoto area. And as a result, the miso flavor is much lighter. So if you travel around Japan enough, you'll, you'll get to see, you'll get, you'll get to try different types of miso soup. And it doesn't, it's not just down to the, the way it's prepared, it's also things that you can add into it. When you eat miso soup, what do you usually do? You put anything else in it other than the soup itself? Do you put any just like, the soup? Yeah. So I mean, it comes in a package. So uh -huh. it's a package that I use like a, my kettle, mm -hmm. like boil, boil some water. Yeah. In my Tefal kettle, and then mm -hmm. I take a sachet out, and then I put it into a little cup. Mm -hmm. Actually, it's called a miso cup. So they've yeah. got special. They've got their own cups for miso. So uh -huh. they've got this little reddish orangey cup, and then you put the powder mm -hmm. in, and then you put the water in, and within the powder mm -hmm. you've got your uh, seaweed and all sorts of other things, which I didn't bother to research. <laughs> but there's all sorts of ingre other ingredients uh, in addition right, right. to miso. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's delicious. Yeah, love it. Yeah. So yeah. So as you mentioned, like there's the seaweed, and sometimes uh, there's tofu inside, and things like that. And then there's tonjiru, and tonjiru is miso soup with slices of pork. And so that's another thing that uh, can make it more more of a hearty meal. And I kind of I kind of like that the most uh, the the pork miso uh, with a little bit of seaweed and a little bit of sliced green onions and things like that. But mm, I mean, mm, mm. I've I've made it where I cut up carrots and threw it in. I mean, it's basically soup, you know. It's right. Not, it's yeah. not uh, like maybe you, you should add some natto to it. Yeah, you can throw some natto in it and see what happens. <laughs> see if you end up liking the flavor. Uh, and the thing about those things is natto and miso. If you go to any kind of Japanese inn and you order breakfast there, you'll probably see on your plate one little package of natto and the natto will come in a little tiny paper cup almost like an ice cream cup looks like but inside it's natto and uh you can just basically ignore that and not eat it but it, it will probably be, be there if you're in a rather traditional japanese style in 
along with your miso soup. And also miso soup, a lot of places add a shell, shellfish in there. So mussels and things like that can be added mm. uh, into miso soup. So there's all kinds of things, all kinds of vitamins and nutrients that uh, traditionally Japanese people have been, be- been able to get out of miso soup. And that's, you know, maybe why, you know, Japanese people have been able to, to have such long lives, right? Uh, despite all the traumatic experiences over the 20th century, you know, we have a lot of older Japanese people who lived as children through World War II and still are trucking along into their 80s and 90s and maybe into their hundreds as well. And so it could be as a result of eating these nutrient-rich fermented foods such as natto and miso soup because also Mm. people work really, really hard, long hours. And this is, you know, kind of piggybacking onto what you were talking about. Maybe diet is the most important thing because a lot of people don't really have enough time or haven't had enough time to exercise. So basically what they're, the only good things they're doing to their body is putting nutrient-rich foods into it. And that helps them live long, healthy lives. Do you remember when we covered Ikeru, the classic movie by Akira Kurosawa? Yes. And this is going to be a spoiler for anyone who, or maybe not much of a spoiler, <laughs> uh, but just be prepared for the next uh-huh. few minutes. Yeah. We're going to be talking about Ikeru. So just go yeah. back and listen to the podcast. Ikeru, it's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Wholeheartedly yes. recommend it. But uh, so the guy, yeah. the main guy, he has cancer. And you you said, maybe you didn't know for sure, but mm. I asked you, why was um, this type of cancer stomach cancer so prevalent during this mm. period and you said mm. it was due to sodium content in mm. for example miso soup yeah do you stand by that yes okay uh, but i don't so know then if food it's true. Could, <laughs> in this, I don't know. in this case causes a demise for yeah. a lot of so elderly men for eating yeah, so too 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 much miso soup in their diets that's right so if i guess do the kyoto style <laughs> get the lighter one get the lighter one don't not so heavy on the miso uh mm. and also you got to think about his lifestyle as well you know if you're a farmer you're probably using every calorie of that miso when it's really really dark and rich so that must mm. also affect people differently but uh if you're just sitting around in an office all day and you're eating salt high salt content miso soup all day long and it's not being sweat out by the sun while you're toiling away in mm. the rice field. It's probably uh, not so good for you. Yeah, it's an unfortunate byproduct of the of overconsumption of sodium in the uh, miso soup. Outside of that, mm. go hog wild. Mm. So yeah, we, we've we've yeah. already discussed how the diet here has worked. In our favor. We yeah. don't have as much access to all this processed garbage mm-hmm. in, for example, the States. And it's not as, not as freely available. Yeah. And so I think we are beneficiaries in that sense. Mm-hmm. But also, at a, it also to our detriment, in yeah. my case, of not being able to eat as much 
steak as mm-hmm. I want because steak is almost prohibitively expensive here. Yeah. Um, yeah, meat in general. Some even certain, you know, fish and shellfish isn't too bad. Mm-hmm. But still, I think a lot of sushi that you find in supermarkets are still more treated as a luxury mm-hmm. among most most households. Yeah. So, yeah, su- yeah, sushi is definitely not... But I think rice mm, and mm. miso soup, that does make up a core component. Mm. Uh, there, I, and the funny thing is I asked my uh, homeroom class of 30 students, uh, 16-year-olds, uh, raise your hand if you eat miso or you, if you eat natto in the morning and one hand went up out of 30. Mm. So the I guess the diet of young is changing. So those well, what were the others eating? Bread. And I, oh, oh, I always, the white bread, the <laughs> shitty, the shitty have, white bread. I don't know because sometimes kids are so vague with that. Say it was like bread. What do you? Are you in a prison? Like, like, you, <laughs> like <Yeah>. why? <laughs> what does that mean? And like bread. They put it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Were they using it to soak up like the? The bottom of the missile soup bowl? <laughs> I don't know. I was like, do you eat anything else? <laughs> you just ate bread. What does that mean? Like, I've heard students say, and I, I, sometimes it's like you, it's like pulling teeth, like having these types of conversations. You just Well, they're limited by lack of fluence in English, though, aren't they? Or, no, or are you saying they're also I mean, just shy? They can't be bothered. Uh, and then they... It's not fluency. I mean, these are just nouns, you know, bread. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not asking you to string across a sentence. Just throw (laughs) nouns in my face and just that's it. It's like jam. Do you put jam on it or jelly or butter or Obviously not butter. Yeah. Yeah, not butter, but I'm just spitballing here. Like, just don't just tell me. Bread. And adult students have told me this too. Bread. <laughs> it's like, that doesn't explain anything to me. I don't understand what that answer is. Uh, but anyway, the point... Well, I'm point, disappointed that you didn't in, you didn't inter- interrogate further. I tried, but I don't want to waste which we time. All demand. <laughs> yeah. I don't feel like wasting my class's time trying to like... Some kid going, scratching his head, going, no, ah, yeah, bread. (laughs) It's like, I guess. That's uh, why I'm not teaching anymore. (laughs) I wouldn't be able to put up with that shit. I got no patience for someone who answers me. I say, what do you eat in the mornings? Bread. Fuck you. I'm done with this profession. Good bread. <laughs> Fuck, I'm so done. I know this isn't. We're going to be covering education at some yeah, point, yeah. and I can't wait. I'm going to. <laughs> I'm going to really test test your metal in terms of how how much you really love your job. I'm going to. I'm going to put. I'm going to put your passion to the test. You're, you're uh, gonna. You're gonna wish we never covered like education. I'll tell you that right now. Hey man, bring it on. Uh, so <laughs> I, uh, so the, the main point that I was trying to make is that the diet of young, of the young is changing. And so mm. 
these these foods, these highly nutrient rich foods might not be part of the Japanese diet in 20 or 30 years. Or if they are, they're in much smaller numbers. So who knows? But the thing is, is you guys, you come to Japan and you're, you're going to go to the supermarket. And you can fit, figure out a lot of shit on your own. You walk through a supermarket, it's pretty much self-explanatory. But let's say you're the type of guy or female who is more industrious. The way the you type- said female had like a tinge of, uh, of, of menace. <laughs> yes, because... Or, 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 or a little bit of a... a, a Passive-aggressive. Chauvinistic, <laughs> a chauvinistic tone to it. I, I, was, I was going to say gal. A female. <laughs> I said female. We don't want to. We don't want to ever attract the f- like female listeners. Yeah, if that's you're a right. Female. <laughs> I was gonna say gal, but then I thought that would be chauvinistic, and then I thought woman, <laughs> and maybe there's some kids listening, so I just figure I cover all my bases with female, and then yeah. All right, we we welcome t- all genders. All genders. Every letters in the in the spectrum. Every. Wherever you are, don't give a fuck. It's fine. Yeah. Whatever. If Whatever. You're female. Uh, you know, uh, male. Yeah. It's fine. Or if you're gender neutral. Or if you're. Even you know what? Even if you're a fucking asshole. You know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, this is a quick. Okay, this is a quick. Uh, this is a quick tangent. Yeah. This is a quick tangent. Okay. Last year. Mm-hmm. I was at the bar with a few friends, okay, and and I got one friend who, uh, you know, is very sociable, and uh, he, mm-hmm. you know, as he went to order a drink at the bar, um, brought brought back a couple of uh, people. One was Australian, another was an English mm-hmm. guy, mm-hmm. and we got to talking, and we, and one of them mm-hmm. was someone who. I forgot. Oh, listen! I forgot the term because I've just brought it up now. But mm. it's it's someone who is not interested in sex. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Have you heard of these types of people? Yeah, yeah. It was on BoJack Horseman. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What was the what, what was the there's a description the descriptor. Um, but anyway, yeah. it's a guy. It's it's someone who has no real urge to have sex with anyone or to have yeah. a have a relationship uh, like a like a sexual relationship with anyone and i and i got to talking to this guy this british guy mm-hmm. uh and it was the most one of the most fascinating conversations i've ever had mm-hmm. he he was a youtube sensation several years ago oh okay and he it, this was just because he put up a video about something or another and he can play the piano and he's like a uh, an amazing uh, singer from what his other friend told me and he's done all, and he's mm-hmm. he's learning all sorts of different shit and then i realized to myself well the reason is is because you don't think about sex <laughs> you're not right. you're not encumbered by sex and just carnal desire right. so of course you're going to have more time you're going to have more time to do whatever Wherever passions or 
urges lead you, you know, whatever you want to achieve, you've got the time mm. and the space to do it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, like the guy in Bojack Horseman. <clears throat> yeah. And we'll just call it, um, yeah, that's, I mean, I agree. I mean, what do I agree? It's a story. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I, that's an interesting point to make. That's what I should say. Interesting Quite- point quite a big tangent so whoever yeah. if you're out there listening and you have no sexual desire this is a great this is a great podcast to listen to yeah because very rarely will we touch upon sex even mm. relationships we did a podcast on <laughs> relationships i don't think we touched upon sex at all you know what <laughs> that's because it's gross disgusting yeah <laughs> Uh, All right, let's get back on. Let, let's get back on track. So, if you're one of, these, one of these types of people who are industrious with your time, and you're like, "Hey, I don't just want to go to the supermarket. I want to grow my own food." Hey, I'm the type of guy who wants a chicken. Well, I'm going to tell you some things that maybe will interest you about getting chickens or farm animals so here's the thing how many people do you think are listening who want to get their own chicken and farm animals what's a what's a number of percent i mean percentage wise do you think well if uh we have 100 listeners zero uh but if we have (laughs) 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 but if that number creeps up to ten thousand, i would say one or two. Okay. Yes. Okay. I understand. Great. No. Glad we're putting in the effort then. Yeah. I'm. <laughs> I'm putting in the effort because. No, because I'm fascinated with it though. Yeah. You know, yeah. someone living in Tokyo, I want to know what you've got to say because I uh, might want my own chicken. And I'm going to tell you how to do it, man. First of all, Please. what I learned was you can have up to ninety-nine chickens. Wow, why not 100? Because the Japanese government are a bunch of fucking assholes who don't like round numbers. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, so, you, but you have to submit some documentation. We are having fun with this. You have to go to the city office. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, tell, tell, tell us about the process involved. Can you walk, like, go, go through step by step? Okay, so first... Okay, so I want to get a chicken. Yeah. What do I do next? <laughs> okay, so you have to get some documentation. Do I get the chicken first? Or uh, do I get it all after? Oh, that's a chicken or egg uh, situation there. Now, isn't <laughs> <it>? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Some deep thoughts. Okay, so I think you first have to go get some documentation. Go to the local municipal municipal government and you have to report how many chickens you're going to get or other farm animals for that matter and this 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 includes ostriches you can get a fucking ostrich <laughs> what <laughs> all you got to do is fill out some forms and you can get a fucking ostrich what <laughs> so, i don't know i've never seen an ostrich in any backyard. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Yards. It's probably in someone's bedroom for crying out loud. Uh, <laughs> okay. So you'll have to report the owner of the animals as well as the address. 
And uh, more FYI information about animals. You can have one cow or one water buffalo, uh, five sheep, five goats, five pigs. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Five wild boars. Aren't they gargantuan? Yeah, I guess if you have farmland, you know, it's not like you're going to fit it in a, in a one part. <laughs> it's like, wait a second. Are there people with water buffaloes? I haven't. I have never met these people. <laughs> so you can have five wild boars, five pigs, five deer and 99 of the following animals. Ducks, turkeys, quails, guinea fowl. Or pheasants. Okay, so... My uncle used to shoot pheasants in New Zealand. Well, now your uncle can come on over to Japan and get one and farm it. Wow, there you go. Uh, So, yeah, my dad used to hunt pheasants too. It's, It's a tradition. So anyway... Documentation also includes reports of illnesses such as tori influenza and inoculations. So you need to get some inoculations, make sure what's the history of the animal, where it came from, things like that. And you also have to report on the nature of the environment that you'll raise the chickens. But hang on, you're buying locally though, right? You're not importing a water buffalo from overseas. You're probably going to get it locally, aren't you? (laughs) Hey, man. Surely they should already, whatever animal that comes in Japan, surely they're inoculated. But the municipal government doesn't know that. So your local municipal government wants the documentation to show that. They uh, they need like a chain of custody yeah, and documentation. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to fill out. The forms aren't really that long. It's basically one page. And uh, you have to also state where you're going to keep the animals. For In the case of a chicken, you know, you get, you have a coop and a place, a little perch for it where it can sleep at night. Um, if you want to put it in next to your bed or wherever. And um, you can find coops on Amazon for about 30,000 yen, or you can make your own, go to the home center and get some... 30,000 yen for a coop? Yeah, but it's what the quite fuck, a is nice... it made of gold? <laughs> hey, <laughs> I was like, what, hey, what do you mean? Hey, hey wait a second. For a coop? A coop is, it's about two meters long, and it has space for the chicken to run around. So it's like a caged-in thing. Thirty thousand yen. That's yeah, yeah, three hundred, about three hundred American dollars, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just throwing out numbers. I mean, it's the first thing I saw when I googled coop. Oh. Yeah, it's not right. like a. If you want to find some, uh, like I said, if you want to, you can go to the home center, and get one, make mm. one. Uh, so, if you're not keen on you know a ready-made thing, you can. You know, make your own thing and make it any size or shape and you can paint your name on it, whatever you want to do. Mm. And the probably the, the main reason why you'd want to get a chicken is for the eggs. But if you're in close proximi- proximity to neighbors, you may want to ask how they feel about you having a chicken. So because chickens can be noisy, uh, they can maybe attract other pests. Uh, if they have cats and dogs... I don't know. They might have a war with each other. I don't know. But um, and you don't really come across many chickens ambling about a front garden area. So it's not exactly the most common thing. And but recently I came across a less noisy variety of chicken called the Chabo. And that's and we were joking about this is no relation to El Chapo. 
Okay, so it's <laughs> no connection to that. Okay, uh, chabos were brought to Japan from China in the 1600s. They're smaller than the average uh, chicken, and their egg size is also smaller, but I've heard that they're very tasty, according to the biology teacher that I sit next to and have these random conversations about. I say, like, I want to get a chicken, and he says, you should get a chabo. <laughs> we start having this long conversation about it. So, Did you say they're quiet? What's that? Did oh, yes, they're quiet. They quiet? They're, they're more quiet than regular chickens. And that might be that. Uh, mm. Yeah. No, it just made me think of I like the uh, inu, the Shiba Inu, uh-huh. the Akataken, the the uh-huh. breed of dogs. Yeah. Are also known for being quiet in Japan. Yeah. Huh. I've thought about you know the dogs, you know the, the Japanese dogs, the Shiba Inu. They're so cute. They're yeah. great dogs, and they're also amazingly quiet. Right. Not once throughout my time in Japan have I ever seen a Shiba, Shiba Inu bark. Yeah, that's true. At random people or yeah, other they, dogs. They just kind of smile. So I wonder you. if it's just something about yeah. Japan. Even yeah. the animals are like the people in a yeah. way. Just very that quiet and because, civilized. Yeah. They, you know, um, they'd probably be the first animals to try to use chopsticks, I'm sure. Oh yeah, <laughs> but they're all, yeah. But I mean, they they do fall in line with what you would expect of, uh, you know, sub an animal that is so close to Japanese people. Yeah, like man's best friend being the yeah. dog, and the dog so closely resembles mm. its owner. Never, no, never barks when, uh, you know, for for stupid reasons like a like a golden retriever. Yeah, or yeah, a yeah. Labrador just bark at <laughs> random shit. All those like purse dogs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All those yeah. handbag dogs. I mean, these dogs are, yes. I think, through, yeah, thousands, no, hundreds, sorry, um, maybe hundreds, yeah, hundreds of years, maybe longer of being yeah. in Japan. They've just adapted to living with Japanese yeah, in a quiet way. Good. So maybe it could be the same for these, these chickens. Yeah, it's true. Could be true. Shut up, chicken. Yeah. Hey, shut up, you chicken. <laughs> Shut up, you chicken. Was <laughs> like some drunk guy. Shut up, you chicken. You don't have anything nice to say. Just say nothing at all. Uh, but these chickens are they're about one or two kilograms in size. And they'll spit out about 70 to 80 eggs a year for about three to five years. How does and that compare to normal chickens? It's about the same. It's just the oh, size. Yeah, yeah it's about, the, but a the little bit different size in the eggs uh so and i i'm talking to the biology teacher at my school i think you can breed them too so if you have a male and female you can produce offspring so if your child the rooster is quiet too yeah so Mm. you you don't have to keep so no early morning early morning uh cockadoodle doos no uh, just uh, quiet all the time. Uh, and you, you can produce more without having to purchase more. So that's kind of a nice thing, you know. And then if you have more, then maybe you could end up selling them. Actually, when I started looking more at chabos online, it they seem to be a show chicken, like uh, like you would take them to shows. And they're very, because well, of I mean, size, like a dog show? Or... Like kind of like a yeah. dog show type of thing. And people wow. breed them for just showing, because they're they're quite small. Um, 
so that lends them to being very cute looking and they have very distinct features as as the chicken wow can teach them any tricks like fetch? i don't, I don't know if you like, can. come here come, come, come here, here come here you chicken i may well pet you a little bit well you gotta give him a name <laughs> come here bob <laughs> paul actually, actually i had a cat one of my cat's names when i was a kid was cat that's basically the cat's name. Was wow, cat. how unimaginative to have to be <laughs> to fucking have a pet. Just call it cat. How much of a lack of investment do you have in a pet? <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a fuck. What's your name? I just call you cat. Well, it started off with, with with a real goofy kid's name. You know, it was like Stripes, and then it's that became Stripes Yipes the Honky Cat, and then. Cat was just cat must have been as like confused as fuck, <laughs> not knowing like well, who are you talking to? You talking to him? Her? You talking to this dog? Who are you? Do- are you talking to me? Make up your fucking goddamn mind. What do you want to call me? Yeah, just call me cat. Just call me cat. Yeah, we all win. Just call me cat. Call me I'll what call I am. You, I call you human one, <laughs> two, three, and four. <laughs> The one thing I'm not sure about was when your chicken gets old. I don't know what you do about that. I don't know if you can send him to break a farm. its neck and then cook it up in the, in the frying pan. <laughs> yeah, that seems real tough. Um, but yeah, if you if you got the uh, gumption and the will to do that, I guess that's what you can do. That um, another benefit to owning chickens is if you want to have a garden because they can provide lots of rich manure to your garden. Put that in the compost, add to all that scraps. Now, uh, living in Tokyo over there, you living over in Tokyo, you over there, across yes. the uh, video yep. conferencing there. I was about to ask you that. Yeah. About that, yeah. It, it's, uh, you know, many muni- municipalities have uh, rental gardens, and they can be small or they can be quite large. When I lived in Tokyo, my wife and I had a rather small plot. Maybe it was about three meters by six meters. Wow. So, yeah. And we, we planted plenty of, a lot of stuff. And one of the benefits... How far of, away was it from your house? Uh, about 300 meters. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So if you, if you walk around your neighborhood, you might uh, be pleasantly surprised to find some random patches of land with gardens. Um, That's great. Yeah, and it we paid about six hundred yen a month for that, and um, wow, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. A, a lot cheaper than I expected. Yeah, well, the thing is, is that it can range range in price. So when we lived in Omiya, a suburb of Tokyo, there were bigger plots, and I think we paid maybe double that a month, but still it was mm. good. But then there were really big plots like. 30 meters by 15 meters and those people mm. were paying like 10,000 yen a month. Wow. And it was just like, nah, I don't want to do that. But they're yeah, also but probably paying for the person to go in and, and manage it. Oh yeah. There's also facilities like the water water's there. So yeah. you don't have to walk around searching for water. And that's what a great, great thing about the, the city gardens is that usually the facilities, there, there's enough facilities for you not to go out of your mind. You know, you can fill up your water pot and then at the end of one side and then 
water your plants without having to lug it's, it around. It's also a great idea to like a community building exercise to get to yeah. lo- know the locals in your area. Yeah. It is. Um, it's a really I, good I thing. would just be a little concerned about like some like riffraff off the street just coming <laughs> in and destroying my garden. You, you, you mentioned riffraff last week. I love your choice of words. I love a term, riffraff. Yeah, yeah, riffraff. I want to use it at every opportunity I get. I, I, was, I don't get um, to use it in everyday conversation. Yeah, I, I was, it reminds me of the word scallywag. Uh, oh, I love that yeah, too. Yeah. That's another good one. I should have used that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, so, and one great thing, if you're a beginner, Jesus Christ, you know, there's all kinds of uh, old people doing this stuff and they'll they'll watch you screw up. And then they'll come over and say, "Nah, you don't want to do that. You want to do it like this and try to try to help you out a little bit. And most of the time people give you pretty good advice. And then sometimes, you know, you might get crappy advice, but, you know, you take the good with the bad because you're new to things. And, you know, the thing is, like we, we tried to read up on, in books and things like that about when to plant things or what to add to the soil and all that kind of stuff. But it's really specific. That kind of information is specific to the land that you're on. And the people who have been doing it for years and years on that land know exactly what's going on with it. So, mm, you know, mm. you talk to the older guys, they'll end up talking to you probably. And that's a good way yeah. to learn Japanese too, for crying out loud. I mean, it's uh, because most people won't be speaking English to you. And, uh, you know, you just point at your garden and say, is this okay? And they'll look at it and go, that's fucked up. And then they'll try to help you out with stuff. Um, and, yeah, basically what you have to understand about getting getting land is that basically you go to the municipal office in your neighborhood and you go to any desk and ask, do you have gardens and stuff like that? Uh, it's a shimin, shimin noen would be the term. Shimin, the people's garden. And um, basically you have to apply sometime between December and February. And plots of land are given out sometimes via lottery because it might be really popular um, to do that kind of thing, depending on how small plots of land there are and the demand for it. And um, then March is when they start prepping the land for the next group of people to come in. And then April is when you can uh, officially start gardening. And so... It, it runs along the fiscal year in, in Japan. So you can... And, and you can add like chickens to that plot of land. Uh, I don't think you can add chickens to that land. It's strictly uh, for what, just growing What vegetables. about a water buffalo? Well, a water buffalo might be good because you can till the soil with a water buffalo. Yeah, some good yeah. quality manure. Yeah, and very lots of manure for the whole community. Like you just... yeah. Like this one water buffalo could, you know, sustain hundreds of residents. So, yeah, I think it's uh, it's a really interesting system that exists. Where we live uh, out more towards countryside areas, some people, some farmers have wide swaths of land and they're old and they don't use it. And so they'll parcel out plots of land. And we were paying... 5,000 yen a year for something that was... Wow. Yeah. And that was like um, about 30 meters wide. And it was about 15 f- 
what, maybe 10 meters deep width or deep. So um, it was way more than we could handle. <laughs> it was like, it was like, this is so much. And I remember one year, the last year we did it, this little old lady in the farmhouse who went over to her house and we're like, oh, this is going to be the last time we do it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm making you pay. <laughs> oh, that's like, nice so, of her. Yeah, so she's like, oh, you can yeah, just you should do be it. sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of money, 5,000 yen a year. <laughs> Wish I could take my business elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're monopolizing the market. Yeah. But, you know, the the city, sometimes they... they uh, the depending on the facilities, like a lot, the, there's a there's a few plots of land that are near my house that are run by the city, and it, it's ridiculously expensive, or at least to me it is like three thousand yen a month. But what they do is they provide all the farm tools, they provide all the manure, all the all the the seeds and everything is already set mm. up for you, and all you have to go do is on the weekend show up and plant stuff. So there's that kind of situation or there's the bare bones. You have to bring your own tools. You have to have your own seeds and you got to find a water source. And if you're deep out in the country, what, like where we were, where we we're paying 5,000 yen a month, uh, we all the neighbors, what they were doing is they would get abandoned uh, baths from old shower rooms and they would bring that up the mountain and set that up next to their garden. So when it rained, it would fill up with water, and then you could use that water to water your plants and stuff like that. Oh, that's so that's collecting. Uh, so th that's one way of dealing with that kind of problem. But um, I, I think you know, as far as owning animals, getting back to animals, you know, there's going to be restrictions for some people who live in mansions, uh, apartments, things like that, because. You know, well, you I want to ask you that. Yeah, yeah. I, how how much of a plot of land do I need in Tokyo? If I find a place, a house, I mean, yeah. is there a certain circumference or a certain area I, that I, I need? Say, I would say if outdoor space is about, I would say ten, at least ten square meters. Mm. If you have ten square meters for outside, a chicken, yeah, I think, and then it has at least space to walk around. And then you have the coop yeah. uh, to where it can sleep. Um, and mm. what if I don't care and I just want battery hands? Uh, then you can maybe one <laughs> square meter and you can put it under your bed at night. <laughs> <laughs> I take that back. No, I think animal cruelty is bad. And I fucking yeah. hate the way production set up in yeah. most countries, particularly yeah. America. No, I hate the yeah. way chickens are treated. No, we want to give... You know, and give them some space. I just don't know mm. what the adequate amount of space is. Mm. But you say 10? 10, 10, I would say 10 square 10 meters. meters, yeah. 10 I, square meters, okay. Yeah, I think that's enough. If you have two chickens, and chickens are social. That's what I've been reading up. But chickens are social. So if you have How's one right? chicken, yeah. If you have one chicken, then it might be it's a little lonely bit Lonely and depressed. Yeah, yeah. So mm. If you get two chickens, it's probably best to have two chickens. Ah, oh, that's cute. Yeah, yeah. You if, it's, if you've only got one, maybe you've got to keep him company. Yeah. So maybe you should be working remotely. Yeah. Take your uh, laptop outside into that ten by ten, you know, ten by ten square, Space, ten yeah. square meter little plot of land, and just mm -hmm. spend some spend some time with your chicken. Yeah. Um, Play some music, some classical music, maybe. The chickens, 
also they might try to dominate you so because there's a pecking oh, order there's a pecking order yeah and so if you have one of these types of chickens they might try to chase you around so you just got to stand your ground pick the chicken up just kick and him hold in the head gets <laughs> <laughs> the wrong idea just <laughs> pretty pretty simple <laughs> i mean that's one way of handling it. what i was saying was what i saw on youtube videos <laughs> you place the chicken on its side and then you hold its neck for a little bit uh, and then yeah and then you let it, it gets go the idea you, yeah it gets that i'm idea. i'm in control i'm yeah. the master i'm the master not you fucking chicken yeah, yeah so those are i think those are a basic i roll the roost right here yeah that's right <laughs> ain't nobody else gonna tell me what to do especially no garden bound chicken what uh, name would you give your chicken when you when you're uh, registering for a chicken, you don't you don't have to give the name, right, for the chicken. It doesn't you say you, there's no there's not not necessary to give a name. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I Would you just call him chicken, given by how you've <laughs> you've you've named your cat? Just call him chicken. <laughs> I could, I could, or uh, I could confuse it and call it by another farm animal's name. Hey, water buffalo. Hey, goat. What are you doing, goat? I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't have to give him. You know what I find really strange is people who name their pets, like Christian names or just normal, normal names. You know, like it's like John, Bill. Yeah. Sam. Or just... (laughs) Those aren't, those aren't really Christian names, but, you know, yeah. just Western-style, Western names that you your parents a- are called and your friends are called. You call your Abraham. pet the same name? <laughs> Moses. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's kind of weird. I, I Actually, I think I, I would call my chicken just a number. One. You're, you're the first one, so oh. you're one, and you're two. Is that... Well, that's easier for when the yeah. time does come when... To, you have to kill the chicken. They're... Yeah. Their time is You don't up. want to get too attached, do you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is it have one? Like, you don't, you don't want to call him, like, call the chicken, like, a, a, you know, a beloved relative? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like somebody, like your yeah, mum, you your like, mum's name? Yeah, or, yeah. <laughs> or hey. someone who's so close to you, and then they they die, and then... And they live on want through that, that chicken, no. I mean, you I... Wanna, I you want to maintain some distance. Hmm emotional distance from the chicken yeah i think those are those are the main things uh that i wanted to cover and i I think i hope you learned a lot i did yeah it makes me want to get a chicken yeah i mean i've been trying to get a chicken i've been trying to convince my wife of it uh we have the space it's just a matter of she's just worried about the neighbors you just told me that they're they're quiet. They're quiet. Yeah, chickens. I know, but still, she's worried about the neighbors. <laughs> mm, she's so Japanese. Yeah, it's like, oh, I don't want the neighbors to be worried about things because they could tra- could attract animals. Like, I just don't know. talk to the talk to the neighbors. Yeah. Are they yeah. assholes? No. They're nice. Well, man, there's a solution right there. Yeah. I know. I'll have to just say, hey, we want to get a chicken. What do you think? Do you mind? <laughs> no? Good. <laughs> <laughs>
Maybe like, you want to get a chicken? That's you it. Mean to eat that's all barbecue? you have to do. That's all you have to do. It's like less than like ten seconds conversation. That's all you have to do. And if someone says no, then you you interrogate a little more. I say, what's yeah. the what's the real reason you don't want me? To eat chicken? <laughs> you know what? You can you can come to my garden if you like. Yeah. If I when I do make my garden and we do have mm. a chicken, I want to I want to include you in my, you know. In, in, in my in chicken sphere, idea I have this in, in chicken ownership. <laughs> yes, I, I think uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're completely right. I have no. Well, I want to end it that. there then. Yes, you know okay. what? I want to end every com. I want to end <laughs> every podcast with that with that sentiment. Every single time, you're right. All right, all right, guys. <laughs> Until next week. <laughs> Well, let me officially say it again. You're right.